you know, I had parents that were, I would say, somewhere in between, not too overly micromanaging or, or too overly uh, telling me everything I need to do. Right. But they also did teach me plenty of different valuable information as it relates to money and life. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into All Things Retirement. I am Ben George along with Anthony Alpha over at the Cardinal Wealth Group. Anthony is a new father to a second child, so it's a perfect time to talk about this conversation today. It is getting your children involved in financial decisions. Now, Anthony, I guess you got a little bit of a ways before you have to really kind of start thinking about this. But first, I want to just say congratulations on the birth of your new baby girl. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're uh, everyone's doing good, mom and, and both kids at this point. So a little bit more hectic in the household, <laughs> but I think that's a little expected. And um, but, you know, not too many big fires to put out at this point. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Have you had a chance really to to think much about how you plan to handle, you know, the conversations about money and about finances with your kids when they when they get older? I do. I, I do see myself being pretty involved and that's just probably a little bit more of I I do enjoy teaching and and playing a role and I you know, I had parents that were I would say somewhere in between, not too overly micromanaging or, or too overly uh, telling me everything I need to do. Right. But they also did teach me a, a plenty of different valuable information as it relates to money and life. So I kind of see myself maybe tilting the scales a little bit more towards being more more active in that as well. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about this as we go along over the course of this show. Some arguments against having your kids involved in, in, in money and maybe even some of the financial decisions you make. And then, of course, the arguments uh, for it as well. So for and against that, and just kind of talk through that. And, and maybe uh, if you've thought about it at all and wondered about it, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a little input from, from Anthony, who's a certified financial planner, and, and can help you kind of think through that a little bit more. So remember as well, you can find all of our episodes online. It's cardinalwg.com. That is the website. Uh, when you're there, you can also schedule a time to sit down with Anthony and set up a meeting with him. But you can also call him directly at 609-605-2808. We'll also have a mailbag question come up a little later in the show, so make sure you stay tuned for that as well. But um, let's talk finances a little bit. And and you kind of touched on it. You know, you you kind of had that mix growing up, uh, which is nice. I think some people either had were really involved or not at all. And I think it shapes the way you think about money for sure as you get older. But Let's talk about some arguments against um, having kids involved. So, I mean, I guess the obvious thing is, you know, from to me when I think about it is, is like how much do the kids need to know, right? Because they don't, many times they don't have a filter. So that's like the first thing that comes to mind when I think argument against. But what, what is your position on that in, in terms of maybe why you don't want to have them heavily involved? Well, I think from a standpoint, I, I'm just even thinking of some other friends and family members or uh friends, family members, not my family members that have, you know, significant assets and money, you might not want them to be totally in a loop of, you know, what they might have and, you know, try to impede their motivation to kind of become their own being. And so I I think kind of privacy to what they actually have. And I have seen 
the result of friends saying that, you know what, I'm going to be fine one way or another because once my parents pass, I'm going to get a lot of money. Or if something happens to me, I'm going to be all right because, or my spouse is going to be all right because my dad will take care of her. I just kind of think that that's a not taking responsibility for yourself and, and your own situation. And, and it very may well play out that way. But I, I just think, and, and by the way, they could be totally off on how much they actually think that their family has, right? They could look right. at it from a status of, hey, they have a nice car and a nice home, but it might not actually match up to what's in the bank. And oh, by the way, maybe those family members have different ideas of what they'd like to do with that money. So, you know, I understand the argument against not giving them too much uh, access or control for, for that purpose. All right. So what about the foresight of things? Um, I, I obviously see a lot of value in, in having kids involved. Um, what do you, what, what's your perspective on, on it? Because you said, you know, to start the show that you plan on you know, having your kids involved and being, you know, really heavily involved with the money side of things and, and getting them interested because it is what you do ultimately. So, you know, what, what do you see as the arguments for that? I think it's one thing that sh- maybe shun them from the actual, like the numbers of like, what do you have? And, but it's another thing I think to shun them from teachable moments. And I think okay. if you aren't there to try to teach them, it's going to rub off on them one way or another, right? I mean, kids are like sponges. So if you're not going to bring them into full, well, then that's probably going to be how that they treat their own children. So I think that you would want to try to pass on any any information and to save them from some mistakes that you might have made. And I think that money is, there's plenty of mistakes to be made. And Mm -hmm. obviously, it's something that's going to be involved with everyday life for the rest of their life. So get them involved as soon as possible. I have a friend that's also a, a financial advisor, and uh, he was telling me not too long ago that he does something with both their kids. I, I, I'm going to th- say the kids are around seven or eight years old, so they're they're doing chores and earning uh, wages for for doing their chores. And so mm-hmm. he he'll pose questions to them and say, "Hey, uh, Michael, I'll give you ten dollars right now just because you did you did your chores this week." And uh, you can go and do whatever you want with it, or I can take that $10 and we can invest it into an account where it could be worth $20 a little bit later. And he always tells me how, you know, Michael's the one that's always taking the $10 <laughs> right away and how his other son, Robert, is the one that says, no, dad, I'm going to invest that and I'm going to, you know, make money with that later. And so he'll also joke and say, you know, Michael takes after my wife and, you know, <laughs> and uh, Robert's, uh, you know, more like me. So, but I just think that from a young age like that, there's, there's nothing too crazy of anything to be privy to there, right? But I think there's some good life lessons there that you can continue to build upon as they get older, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that doing things like that is helpful. On the other side, let's just fast forward when they're a little bit older. I don't think you're going to be bringing your teenage son or daughter into your meetings with your advisor. Now, it maybe if the advisor's at the house and you can, they can maybe listen in, but I just don't really see that ever happening. I, I can count it probably on one hand when that's happened. So I would look at this more from teachable moments rather than really bringing them into meetings. I think that depending on the age of the parents and the kids, maybe when they're in their 20s, if the, if the uh, parents are aging a little bit more, 
or maybe in their 30s, maybe you start to start bringing them into those types of meetings because you want them involved. You're getting a little bit older and you want them to really be involved. I don't still think that they're going to be making decisions at that point. You really don't see that until the kids are now really their own adults and you're doing it more from legacy planning and for cognitive uh, planning purposes, which I think is really important for people to think about the cognitive decline um, that they'll have potentially uh, in retirement and why that might make sense to bring in um, a caregiver such as your son or daughter to help with some of those financial decisions um, down the road. I know that's a little off topic, but you know, I just don't see where you would bring in children for advice really if they haven't even kind of gotten out of uh, school at this point. Right. And and I think age is is an important part of the conversation too. I mean, obviously you're not going to have a a kid that's really, really young involved in the financial stuff. And then later in life, obviously it's a totally different conversation when they're an adult kind of living on their own and kind of helping you with your retirement and, and that sort of thing. But also how much does it matter in your mind, do you think if the kid's actually interested? So like in that example that you're talking about with your friend, you know, I mean, you probably will maybe invest more conversation and time into the, the kid that's maybe interested in it, right? Because you, you ultimately can't force it on a kid to take an interest in this sort of thing. But how far would you go maybe with someone that's showing an interest in investing? Like, would you get them involved in maybe planning a trip, right? Picking out different activities based on a budget and that sort of thing. Would you get that in detail, you think? Yeah, I, I think that those are more you know teachable moments. It could also be from um, how to spend some of your money and and giving back to say a charity and why that might be important and not just maybe money but also from a a time standpoint and so I think that they all have teachable moments and just because maybe Michael isn't ready to uh, invest like his brother Robert and would rather go you know to buy candy or something that doesn't mean that he won't you know, eventually change over time. I I mean, I certainly think I was a late bloomer. And and so I don't know that you'd give up on the one so so easily. And um, yeah, I I think that there's just different maturity levels for every every child and you kind of go with it over, over time. Yeah. And I was thinking more along the lines of just some, some kids and, and as they get to adults, just don't want to talk about money, right? Have no interest in money. And I'm sure you see, you know, different people that maybe a spouse in a relationship doesn't have that interest in money at all. And it's just, you know, from an early age, you kind of see it. So it's hard to, hard to get them really interested in it and buy in, but um, well, it, that, it might be more of, it might be more, maybe more of uh, what, what is behind that curtain there. Right. And maybe right. I dig a little bit more to understand. I don't think that everybody is going to wake up to be totally involved and, and love talking about money, but there's certainly plenty of in between there in terms of there's a lot of things that money does for you at the end of the day. And so maybe that person that is not turned on to want to talk about it, maybe it's just understanding that a little bit better from a parent's perspective and then kind of figuring out a better way to engage on. And it's not just maybe necessarily, it could just be helping them understand how to think through um, interest rates and balancing a, a, a checking account and why it's important to save and not spend everything today. And, you know, I think there's that balance factor that you'll maybe try to strike with each each kid and, and why the other kid where you might want to say he just wants to put everything away and never wants to get a new pair of sneakers and 
been wearing the same sneakers with holes <laughs> in them for, you know, four years, why it might be say, hey, it's okay to treat yourself too. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes, you know, people don't want to spend that money after they save for so long. That that applies, I'm sure, to people in retirement too. That's a different conversation altogether. Just kind of continuing this a little bit more. Do you think it's, I mean, do you let kids get involved in like maybe a purchase? Um, let's say like you had, you're buying a new car, right? Or you had to get a new vehicle. Do you, do you let them get involved in making decisions like that? Or uh, is that maybe a little bit too far? Just keep them in the conversation, teach them about it, but don't actually let them have that input. I can't see. I just can't see how you, how, when you say get them involved, meaning literally at the table with, yeah, maybe going through some of the numbers and, and kind person. of under. Well, maybe not at the maybe not in the negotiation necessarily, but like let's say at the dinner table, talking through here's our different options, here uh, you know here are the price of the cars, our budget, the features, like yep. you know, kind of weighing all the pros and cons. I don't think it would be from a standpoint of taking advice, but I think what you just brought up is an excellent um, way to bring it up at the dinner table and say, "Hey, Jonathan, here's kind of what." Where we have to consider, a it's a we have our budget of thirty thousand dollars, and our options are to buy a brand new car. Another option would be to buy a used car at at this budget or less, and another option could be a lease. And just kind of going over those different pros and cons. I don't think ultimately you're gonna take the advice, but I think there's a lot to be learned there and in that moment with with the child for sure. Gotcha. Well, do you ever help clients uh, in this in this area? Does anybody ever ask you about it? Hey. Do you, what should I tell my kids about this or how, how involved should my kids be in, in everything? Do you they ever have do. This conversation? It does come up and sometimes it's a, hey, do you mind talking with my, my son? He's just trying to get started with, with some of this stuff. And um, so sometimes we'll have a, like a one-on-one conversation or a phone call just to kind of help get them set up or answer some questions. Um, there have been times in the past, um, not that often, uh, for kids to be in around a meeting that not necessarily in there that doesn't really happen too often but like i said i think earlier when you're talking more about adult children being their children who are now adults being in the meeting is is certainly a lot more common for us to to really come across that but definitely from a pointer standpoint we do get that occasionally as well in terms of hey i don't want my son to you know wait as long as I did to get started or something like more of a revisionist, like looking down upon, Hey, I wish I would have done this better type of thing. And I'm trying yeah. to save them. How would I go about that with them? It happens every now and then. Right. Well, it's important. And it's something I think a, a lot of parents battle with, you know, how do you, how, how involved do you get your kids into money and in your finances and that sort of thing, but it can leave a, a very lasting impact on a child and uh, hopefully positively as they, they work with money and, and start making their own and hopefully saving and putting that towards retirement. So uh, very interesting conversation. Anything else you wanted to add, Anthony, on this before we... And no, but I, I mean, I could just speak for myself and thinking about my dad with his business. He was a, yeah. a contractor and people take their work home. You hear that all the time. And he is somebody that you know took his work home. So I was able to learn life lessons about being a business owner, the risks associated with that, and, and especially a business like his with more overhead involvement from a cash flow and just kind of learned about that and managing people, um, you know, it's left a lasting impression or 
seeing my dad and his like investment club where the people would come over to the house and they would talk stocks and um, investments. I I mean, I remember all these different things um, as a child and probably the one, if there's one out there that I I wish I probably would have spent more time on with them would be the whole college loan uh, Mm -hmm. one. And that was one that I think my mom was just so like gung-ho about like, going to college, it was not really ever about the loans. Right. Where after I went through as the oldest, kind of like as a guinea pig almost, because uh, I'm five and six years older or six and seven years older than my brother and sister, they ended up going to more local colleges for the first two years and basically graduated with no debt. And then I graduated with <laughs> the college debt. So I think that would, be, I don't know that my result would have been any different because I yeah. was ready to, uh, fly the coop and head out to college either way. And I probably would have done not much too differently, but I think it would have been a, a another teachable moment uh, as well, which I think it's certainly a lot more hot button topic these days with uh, the whole college loan and, you know, what type of job you're getting out of it um, mm-hmm. on the, uh, on the other side of college. Yeah, it's it's much more talked about now than it was uh, when we were in school. There's no question. It's it's uh, because this because uh, everything's so so much more expensive now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's a conversation for another day for sure. We'll have to do that on the podcast at some point. But all this I think is very helpful and uh, interesting to hear your perspective on it, Anthony. It's somebody that does this for a living, you know, works in the financial planning space and and helps people out to manage their money and, and their investments and, and their wealth. So I appreciate that. If you ever have any questions too, if you want to talk about this, maybe your situation specifically, or maybe how you can get your kids more involved, you know, reach out to Anthony. CardinalWG.com is the website. You can find him there and, and sit down and, and go through it. Uh, we, have a, we do have a mailbag question that I wanted to get to before we finish out today's show. And it comes in from Robert. And this is a, it's kind of a, a little bit of an intricate question. So um, stick with me here. Which is better, to max out your Roth 401k or your Roth IRA? I'm in my mid-30s and already getting the 401k match from my employer, and then I'm adding an additional 5% on that into my Roth 401k. Should I put the remainder of my retirement savings into the Roth IRA or more towards the Roth 401k? I probably can't max out both, so should I do one more than the other, or should I kind of do a little bit in each? Does it make a difference? I really don't see it making too much of a difference. Uh, I like the idea, Robert, with regards to being in your 30s and and maxing out the money into the Roth side, I think that, I mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to still put it in the traditional and you should look at your situation. But assuming that you can put money into both because you fall under the uh, tax law, because there's certain phase out amounts where you can no longer put money into a Roth IRA if you make a certain amount of income, So in this example, I'm assuming that you can fund both of them. If you can, that's probably basically saying that you're in a middle to lower tax bracket. And I would certainly most likely encourage you to put the money into a Roth 401k or Roth IRA. The one thing I guess I would look at is that if it's a matching situation where your company is matching, and if you put more money into the Roth 401k, are you going to get additional matching contributions from your employer? Then I would encourage you to put, I would take advantage of all that first and put as much money into your Roth 401k if you're not getting all that matching from your employer. 
But from that standpoint, um, you might be able to also put in, you know, a max into Roth IRA and Roth 401k if you're under the limits. And if you're able to do that, then that's great. Other than that, though, I, I don't think it's going to make too much difference. You're going to have more options, most likely, from an investment standpoint in the Roth IRA, a little bit more flexibility, a little bit easier to access, and could probably be a little bit less cost there as well. But overall, grand scheme of things, uh, I, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. There you go. Thanks for the question, Robert. We appreciate that. If you ever have anything on your mind, you can connect with us at cardinalwg.com. You'll also find all of our past podcasts archived there on the website as well. So if you're curious about some other topics to deal with retirement planning, you'll find them probably in one of our past podcasts or one of our future podcasts. So please hit subscribe to the show wherever you listen. We've got a new episode coming up in a couple of weeks. So Anthony, thanks for the time today. I appreciate it as always and look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks, Ben. Have a great day. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.